Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this a couple of times a week. You can subscribe at iTunes or any place you get podcasts. You can also catch my live radio show in Las Vegas weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM 670 KMZQ. If you don't live in Las Vegas, there's a link to listen live at HeidiHarris.com. I also post these podcasts at HeidiHarris.com. And you can get information about my books and various things at HeidiHarris.com. Uh, previously, I've been talking about social issues primarily on my podcast and other issues on the main show. Now I'm kind of switching my podcast to talking about this Vegas shutdown. I'm going to talk about it from different aspects, get various members of the community on who have different perspectives on what's happening. We'll talk spiritual. We'll talk financial. We'll talk the gaming aspect. We'll talk about all of these things while this incredible shutdown occurs in Las Vegas. It's continuing, who knows for how long. Hundreds of thousands of people are out of work. This is my hometown. My heart breaks for them. I'm hoping things get back on track right away. But I am concerned in certain cases that the government's going to come back to us looking to the taxpayer to make up for all the money they're losing in gaming revenue right now. Joining me on the Heidi Harris Show podcast is Victor Jakes. He's a columnist for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Great guy. His columns make national news. He gets attention on real clear politics. Even Dr. Laura has mentioned him, a great conservative voice in Las Vegas, and he keeps very close track of what happens with the money in the state. Victor, welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. Hey, Heidi, thanks so much for having me on. And to answer your question, they, they absolutely are coming to taxpayers. In fact, they spent the last 10 years during the... Uh, in one of the best bull markets in history, coming to taxpayers and asking for uh, an increase in contribution rates. Uh, Nevada contribution rates, I want to say, up went about went up about forty percent over the last ten years. Wow. Uh, and so, I, my estimate is the stock, the PERS, Nevada PERS, has taken a, between a fifteen and twenty percent hit uh, in terms of the net value of their stocks. You know, because they're they're diversified into to some bonds. Um, you know, Anyway, so they're definitely coming. They're definitely coming and asking for more. And in some ways, in Nevada, that, that process is pretty automatic. They basically see where the stocks are on July 1st and calculate, you know, basically what what percentage they need, and they send that to the legislature, and it, it you know basically gets gets pushed through. So uh, that, that's going to be a huge impact not only for the state but for local governments and schools. Uh, especially when they're already dealing with the budget crunch. That's interesting. I was not aware of that, but it doesn't surprise me because let's face it, all the people in the legislature, they're counting on this. Most of them are government employees. Do the legislators, do they get PERS as part of retirement after they serve a couple of terms? They, they do, but it's, it's much smaller because, the you know, fortunately in Nevada here we have a, a part-time legislature. legislature. Yeah. Um, so the, the big payouts are going to, you know, the top firefighter employees, top police employees. Um, you know, and, and they, they changed it a few years ago, but it doesn't apply for, for anyone who was working at the time. But, I mean, these folks can retire with, with 20 years of service if they buy, some, they buy out some years of service. So, I mean, they'll be collecting six-figure pensions while we'll be, uh, you know, seeing our taxes go up to, to pay for it. Well, please, don't get me started. I've already got friends. I know you're younger than I am, but I've already got friends who are retiring on PERS. And I don't resent them. Listen, I made other choices with my life, and I get that. And I didn't become a government employee when I was 22 like they did. But ultimately, I shouldn't be funding anybody's retirement but my own. And, and that is a bone of contention. And I think it is going to be a bone of contention with a lot of taxpayers who are going to say, hey, wait just a minute. I can barely make ends meet, and you're coming after me, and you're asking me for more money well yeah that's exactly what it is and, and what the what governments do is they you know they, they don't point the finger at PERS they just say well don't you care about education we need we need more money for education right. we need more money for roads or whatever and it's like 
well, yes, those are important things, but why don't you have enough for that right now? Oh, it's because your pension costs have been soaring over the last decade, and you haven't done anything to fix it. Well, at least not very much to fix it. Uh, so, I mean, be honest with, with taxpayers. You know, let us know that uh, the reason, you know, a significant reason that, that you're going to be pushing for tax increases or having spending cutbacks is because of these, uh, these retirement costs. It's crazy. We're speaking with Victor Jakes, who's a columnist for the RJ, and he keeps track of all the finances here in the state. Uh, thank God he does, because they're stealing it from us left and right. This impact of these layoffs in Nevada, it's, it's stunning to me. I, if you had told me a week ago, oh my gosh, we're going to have almost 300,000 people. I'm, I'm estimating we got about 200 in gaming and probably at least 100,000 in other occupations out of work. And even so, the ripple effect is beyond that for people who might be connected to a gaming uh, position, even if they don't have one themselves. I mean, the ripple effect's crazy. If you told me this a week ago, I'd have called you a liar, Victor. It's just stunning. Oh, it is. And I mean, the, the ripple effects are going to be huge. I mean, basically, <laughs> we went from the, the top of the 07 market to to the bottom in, I mean, in maybe, maybe even past the bottom uh, of, you know, 09, 2010 in, in a week. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, I mean, it's obviously a, a really hard situation with the coronavirus and knowing what the, the right thing to do is. And, boy, if I, if I knew the right thing to do, I'd be telling everybody I, I don't know the right thing to do, but obviously the, the economic impacts are just going to be dramatic. Yeah, that's the problem. We don't know what the right thing is. We don't know if the governor now mandating to close every business that's not essential. We don't know if he's doing the right thing, if he's staving off a larger issue. It seems to me a lot of this is a lot of CYA with the hospitals who have been getting rid of beds for a very long time and putting all the emphasis on outpatient surgery. I've had surgery in a hospital and they wheel you out the same day. I've never spent one day of my life in a hospital bed and that's a pretty common thing now. So it seems to me the biggest issue for these folks is the lack of hospital beds and for that they're going to bankrupt all of us i mean am i missing something no that's i mean the, the hard the hard part is, is i mean it's just like obviously you know he just had the, the press conference where he, he talked about how we're going to shut down the non-essential businesses and the reason is it's because hospitals are at 80 percent capacity and, and you know basically the sooner we bite the bullet the sooner we get through this uh, but the, the question is is well how are we building hospital capacity because if you're if you're going to let everybody out of you know let everybody out of their house in four weeks, <laughs> the virus is just going to be here in four weeks instead of right now. Right, uh, so that's I think the point. Some questions that need to be answered about well, you, you you bought us some time, you know, basically you've cratered cratered the economy, and you bought us some time. Well, what are you doing with that time? And look, I I, I don't know. I'll be the first one to say I don't know, and the first one to say that you know, look, obviously I think the. You know, the isolation is spreading, it's slowing the spread, but you can't keep people in their houses forever, even for folks who can work from home. Uh, it just doesn't work. Uh, so what's the plan to increase hospital capacity so that when people are out of their houses and are going back to work and cases are rising, uh, this, this time was worth, was worth something. Yeah, that's the whole question, right? We're speaking with Victor Jakes from the RJ. That's the uh, question, too, because if you're looking at a grocery store, for example, that's open, my husband goes to the grocery store. He, he does his shopping. I can't stand it. He does it. Uh, but he's gone to several grocery stores just in the last week, and uh, he, he's around other people at his job. But certainly, if there was something going on, you're going to spread it to somebody at a grocery store. That's not stopping anybody from getting anything. And to your point, if everybody, el even if everybody stayed in for four weeks, 
when people go back out again, is the virus just waiting to attack again? And in 1918, the Spanish flu, I'm, I'm not saying this is the Spanish flu, but that kind of situation, it came through more than once. And that's the thing a lot of people are concerned about with this. And some are saying it could be 18 months that we have this problem. Well, I mean, the, the problem is, is you can't keep everybody in their house for 18 months. Right. And, and not just because folks like me with kids are going to go crazy, but <laughs> I mean, you basically are, are just going to be relying on the government to, to print money, and you're going to you know, de- devalue the currency so much that, that it's going to be worse than, than whatever the disease is. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the right answer. I don't know what the balance is there, but you can't just say, you know, our only priority is saving people from the from the coronavirus because if that was the case, the speed limit would be 25 miles an hour, and every winter for three months we'd go inside and, and basically do this to stop the flu. Uh, so right. Again, I, I'm not saying these are easy decisions. I mean, I think obviously the the isolation is is slowing the spread, and that's good. Uh, but I mean, the, we better be redeeming the time somehow because coming out the backside, uh, there's gonna be a lot of angry people if basically we did this for no you know, for no additional benefit, no additional increase in hospital beds or ventilators. Yeah, that's true. I was talking to a friend of mine who owns a small business, and I'm sure these numbers won't be foreign to you. But remember in 2008 when they were giving everybody unemployment for nearly two years, and they just tacked that on to the backs of small business owners, the unemployment rates. And he said he literally just got finished paying that increase a couple of months ago. And he said, I'm not going to survive this again. Because a lot of people in 2008 went into huge amounts of debt. Radio companies did. Casino companies did. Private people, we all know, did. Uh, ran up their credit cards and things like that just to stay afloat. Small businesses did. And they can't take this hit again. And that's the, the more devastating thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're if you're doing anything related to, to tourism or, you know, I mean, you look at the you know the newspaper industry, or the radio industry. Obviously, advertising depends on on the economy doing well and, and being healthy. I mean, those those are big hits, and and the problem is is that you know the the tourists just don't come back, right? We we don't get the NFL draft back in two months uh, because they rescheduled. I mean, the Broadcasters Association conference that I saw this morning said that they're canceling. You know, they're not they're not rescheduling. Those are major losses. Huge. 90,000 people just in the broadcasters convention and at the NFL draft, as you mentioned. That was supposed to be, what, 700,000 over a couple of days? Unbelievable. Yep. And that, the, the, the impact on the entire community, the people who set up the conventions, the people who drive for Uber, uh, the ripple effect is just tremendous. Oh, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be devastating and it's going to last longer than, you know, whatever the quarantine is. And uh, boy, and then you, you look at the, the ripple effects for state government. I mean, they, they've you know they've got some money in the rainy day fund. It's about you know five percent of, of state spending over two years. Uh, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> you right. Know, basically, Nevada has squandered the good years. I'm, I'm reminded of the uh, you know the, the the dream that Pharaoh had that Joseph interpreted of you know you got seven good years and seven bad years. And you better be. <laughs> Preparing during the seven good years. Well, Nevada didn't prepare during the seven good years, and I, I'm very fearful about about what the you know the next few years are going to look like. No, that's an interesting point that you make because people who are going to be tapped out. If you're out of work and you're just an average hourly worker, and you're working, you know, trying to just make ends meet. We hear these stories about people who don't have $500 to fix a water heater if it goes out. So they're just getting by because it's just tough. Because even though the economy's been good, the jobs don't pay what they used to pay in a lot of industries. So people are suffering. Then you're off work two or three months 
For the next year, you're playing catch up. You're not going to shows. You're not coming to Vegas. You're not taking trips. You're not doing anything. You're still in lockdown catch up mode. And maybe your credit cards are maxed out from the last time. You don't have, I mean, this, that's the ripple effect that people aren't talking about. And when the MGM says, well, we're going to start possibly opening shows after May 11th. Well, we don't know that's an arbitrary date. We don't know if everything's going to be done by then. And a lot of these people I know in the casino business, I know folks who worked in the casinos for 35, 40 years, and they think they're going to be off for a couple of weeks. I don't think so. I don't think so, Victor. I think these casinos are using this as an opportunity to clean house. And these people are going to go in already, the Golden Nuggets saying, we'll let them in as business warrants, you know, hire them back. That's, you know what that is, wink, wink. A lot of these people yeah. will never go back to work, not the job they had before. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely true. I think that's a, I mean, it's a huge concern. It's going to be, you know, you, you, we just don't know. Um, but obviously, you know, there, there's going to be a downturn and, and when there's a downturn, people get hurt. I mean, and jobs get lost. And I mean, that's an unfortunate necessity of, uh, you know, of having a dynamic economy is that, that unfortunately the churn hurts. And especially the churn hurts when it's something so unexpected like this. You know, it's not, it's not that, oh, someone made a, a bad investment. It's, well, China, you know, <laughs> tried to keep the doctor from telling anyone about it and, and didn't lock down their city, uh, Wuhan province when they should have. And now the rest of the world's paying the price. Yeah, and you're a racist if you call it the China flu. So what bothers me about it, too, is the fact that the, the ultimate thing that we're discussing here is that the government's going to come back to us. They're not ever going to take it in the shorts. They're never going to say, okay, times are tough, we're out of money. They are going to, even when we're totally tapped out, they're going to come back yet again and again and again. They're going to have the nerve to do this. And I, I can't even imagine that there wouldn't be a revolt. I would hope there would be. Well, I would hope there would be, too. I mean, the, the thing that I'm, I'm concerned about is, uh, I mean, 2000, 2009, they raised taxes. 2011, they raised taxes. 2013, they raised taxes. 2015, oh, yeah. they raised taxes. And, uh, you know, Nevada hasn't really had a tax cut in, in over a decade, and that's when, when the times were good. I mean, that, that's when the tax cuts should have been coming. That's when government should have been, you know, tightening its belt, preparing for the next downturn, because you knew the next downturn was coming. You may not have known it was going to be caused by this, but... I mean, you knew the next downturn was coming, and, and Nevada didn't prepare, and we're all going to be paying the price for it. Well, a lot of people don't prepare for downturns, business owners, people on a private basis. I wonder, Victor, if, if this is going to be helpful for the younger people who are in their 20s now and are maybe seeing this for the first time. In other words, you know, they may be living with their parents, never really had it that tough. I'm not saying they've never dealt with bad things in their lives, but nothing like this. Not like talking to an 80-year-old or 90-year-old who's been through war. Uh, somebody put a meme on Facebook the other day, and it said, your, your grandparents went to war. You're being asked to sit on your couch. You can do this. <laughs> and it's so, it's so true. But, and I had, I had a caller to my show last week, 90 years old, say, I don't even want to hear it from these babies, right? She couldn't even stand it, the thought, because she's been through a lot more. But do you think this is going to be helpful for the younger generation to look at this and say, whoa, maybe I should plan because things can change overnight and maybe I shouldn't be running out my credit cards and all these things. Maybe it's an instructive lesson that will benefit them for decades. Well, I hope so. I mean, I think, I think we all hope so. I, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's easy when times are good to think that times will always be good. But, you know, I certainly hope this isn't the Great Depression. But, I mean, you talk to people who lived through the Great Depression and their perspective on money was uh, – you know, totally different than, than people nowadays. Right. They knew that, you know, sometimes you got to pinch every penny and you got to make sure that every dollar is, is used wisely. Uh, and so maybe that is a silver lining for this. I mean, the, the thing that I'm, I'm concerned about is, you know, what if you're the person who's gone to college because, you know, the education establishment tells you, go to college, doesn't matter what you major in, 
you know, you can get all the debt you want, and now you've got, you know, 40 grand in debt, and you're coming out, and no one's hiring. I mean, and, I mean, literally, I mean, I, I can't even imagine having to try and look for a job right now because it is all shut down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's going to be devastating. I think so, long term. Well, we'll talk again about this. Victor Jakes from the RJ, always great to get your perspective. Enjoy your four children. I think that child sacrifice is in the Old Testament somewhere. I think you're, you're allowed to, to kill them if they really act up. I know it's in there somewhere. Uh, Exodus, Genesis, somewhere. So look <laughs> for it. <laughs> A new Bible study topic. I think so. I think so. Thank you, Victor. I appreciate your perspective always and what you do for the community because your voice is so, so important. Thank you, Heidi. Yes, I know they're going to be coming to us and asking us to make the deficit. Those of us who are hurt financially in some way, either somebody we know works in the gaming industry or hospitality industry, or we do ourselves, or we're affected by advertisers or whatever it may be, and you know politicians, they're never going to go short. They're going to come looking to us. Oh, boy. We'll keep you updated on all aspects of the Vegas shutdown as it continues. I hope it's over soon. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show. Also, I post these at HeidiHarris.com. You can check out my blog posts and also find out some information about my books. And don't forget to join me for my live radio show weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 on AM 670 KMZQ. If you forget everything I just said, Check out HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, never forget who's really in control. And aren't you glad to know it's not politicians? <laughs> oh, boy, I am. And you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Well.